The following shiur is presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen, Dayan in Beddin Ahavat Shalom in Yerushalayim, an author of Pure Money. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Hi, everybody. This is Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with a, with a shiur on Parashat Tazriel. One of the main topics of this week's parasha is the illness of Tzara'at. Tzara'at, many translated as a type of leprosy. We don't know exactly what it is. It's certainly something that we don't have today. But Chazal tell us that it was it was something that would come upon people who were speaking Lashon Hara. They were doing Averot, Averot with their mouths, with their speech. Averot with someone's speech were the reason why people would get this terrible illness of Tzara'at. In one way, it would be a good thing that, you know, something that we don't have in our times, that you would be able to understand a reason for why you're being punished. But, and it would help, of course, a person to be able to do tshuva shlema for whatever it is that they've been doing wrong. You'd be able to consider what's been happening to me. And certainly, that's an obligation on all of us when something happens to us that we need to think, why did this happen? Is there something that I'm doing wrong because of that? But here we find that there was this special illness of Torah. You become a mitzorah if You've been speaking Lashonara. We have a similar Issa in the Torah, in Choshen Mishpat, of Gnevat Dat. Gnevat Dat is deceit. Anytime you deceive someone, either through your speech or not through your speech, then you're transgressing the Avera of Gnevat Dat. So let's look in a little bit, let's look into a little bit this issue of Geneva Dat, when does it apply, when does it not apply, so that we can always make sure that we keep well away from it. Geneva Dat can be particularly um, common in a business situation. Let's say, says the Gemara, you're selling your fruits. You're selling fruits in the market. And you put the good ones on the top and the bad ones underneath. And when people come to buy, you show them, of course, they're seeing these beautiful fruits that are on the top. But in actual fact, when you sell them, you're going to be giving them the bad fruits or the older ones from underneath. That is an example of the transgression of Dat. Everyone knows that a seller is, of course, going to be presenting his stuff in the best way. And there are certain things that any buyer knows that he has to be careful of. But where it's, you can't, where, where it's um, outright deceit, then there's always going to be an Isur of Geneva Dat. And we'll see that in some cases where it's not outright deceit, but it's the person, the buyer, who has actually fooled himself, then it might not be the Isur of Geneva Dat. It's also not necessarily such a great thing to do, but it's not necessarily going to be transgressing 
the Isur of Genevat Dat. There's a halacha that there's no ona in Karkaot. What is ona? Ona is overcharging. Or underpaying. Let's say a buyer doesn't know the true value of what I'm selling. And I take advantage of that to demand a higher price. If the price was less than a sixth above the market price, so the sale is valid. But if it was more than a sixth above the market price, then the sale is invalid. That's, say, Hazal is connected, this Isur of Ona, of, of cheating people with prices, is connected to stealing. It's a type of stealing. It's connected with the whole Isur of stealing. And we have, um, and of course, the Isur of Ona applies the other way around as well. If you see someone selling something, and they're selling it too cheaply, and you can see that it's a situation where they don't understand and don't see the real value of what it is they're selling, in a case like that also it would be considered ona for you to pay the lower price and deceive this seller and take valuable stuff for a cheaper price. Right, this could obviously happen in many different circumstances. It could certainly happen, and it does happen a lot, unfortunately, with second-hand antique furniture or Judaica, that many people don't understand the value of what it is that they're selling. Um, and a dishonest buyer would be able to um, get very valuable things at rock-bottom prices. Here too, where the buyer has bought something and it's um, more than a sixth under the market price, then the sale is considered as invalid. Within a sixth, it's not invalid. Where did we get this one-sixth from? This one-sixth is something that Chazal um, enacted from what it would seem to them that up to a sixth, the average buyer is going to be mochel. He's going to be prepared. He's going to understand that you can't be so exact with prices. And so he's mochel on a small deviation of up to a sixth or less than a sixth or up to a sixth but more than a sixth he wouldn't be mocheron because that's already too much that's where Chazal came up with the one sixth from a basic understanding of how people's minds work but there are limitations to this halacha this halakha applies, doesn't apply to sales of real estate. In sales of real estate, we're told, you can charge whatever you like, up to even double the, the market price. Why is that? Some people say that it's because with land, real estate, people are prepared to pay any price for it. But really, the, the, Simple understanding is that it's what we call a gzerat hakatuf. doesn't really seem to have much of a 
logical reason that we can understand today. And so we accept that as a Gezerat katuf. So that would mean, it would seem to be, that there's no Isra for overcharging on real estate. And I would be able to overcharge when I'm selling my real estate. And if the buyer didn't understand the real value of the, of the property, then that would be his problem. But, say Chazal, that with any sale of real estate, even though there may not be the Isur of Onah, there is an Isur of Genevat Dat. Anyone who sells property for more than its market price, even though they might not transgress the monetary Isur of overcharging, of Onah, but they will have committed, they will have transgressed the general prohibition of Genevat Dat, of deceiving the other person. And also, this Isur of Onah apply, apply, applies between Jews, but the Isur of Genevat Dat applies to everybody. Jew or non-Jew, you wouldn't be allowed to deceive a non-Jew either, because of this Isur of Genevat Dat. The Gemara even tells us a story in Masechet Sanhedrin about how the Jewish slaughterhouses, when meat came out not kosher, how would they be able to sell it to the non-Jews? Any self-respecting non-Jew isn't going to buy meat that we're throwing away. So they wouldn't announce that we're selling. We have we have meat for meat that didn't came out not kosher, and we're selling it to the non-Jews today. They wouldn't announce that because that they wouldn't get any non-Jews to come and buy it. They would say, says the Gemara, "Nafla bisra la avodat kochavim." But today we have meat for the non-Jews. And then therefore the non-Jews wouldn't feel degraded by coming and buying what we're selling. So is that deceit? Is that Genevat Dat? Not to tell them that the meat they're buying is not kosher meat. And maybe they might think that seeing as they're buying it from a Jewish slaughterhouse that is kosher meat. No, it's not, says the Gemara. Why it's not considered Genevat Dat? Because anyone who would come and buy, having heard that it is, uh, that we have meat today for the non-Jews, and not realize that it's probably meat that the Jews aren't eating, is fooling himself. When the buyer is fooling himself, and you're not deceiving him, then there's no Isur, there's no prohibition of Genevat Dat. Right, just to finish off that story, there's there's an Isur in the Torah, not in the Torah, it's in a rabbinicalist, excuse me, for a Jew to do business in any thing that he can't eat. So it would be also for a Jew to sell non-kosher meat. But nevertheless, if he's doing it as a one-off thing every now and then, like they would do in a slaughterhouse when things came out not kosher, then that's okay. That's allowed. One-off things are allowed, but 
to sell on a regular basis, for that to be your business, is not okay. Right, so we already see a limitation on this whole Isur of Gnevatat, even though it should be very clear that it applies to everybody, to Jews or non-Jews, even in cases where there's no prohibition of overcharging, there's no Isur of Ona, nevertheless there would be an Isur of Gnevatat. Gnevatat is something also that you'd be doing with your mouth, similar to a type of Lashonara that you'd be telling people things that aren't true about the things that you want to sell. Today, with the internet and social media, so deceit is much easier. And it's something we have to be much more careful about, of course. There have been many stories of people who are selling real estate. And today you go into a site which is advertising internet and uh, which is advertising second-hand property and you can put in there a whole load of different houses up for sale in your area together with your house and offer them for prices well above the price that you're selling your house. Let's say you're selling your house for a million. You can put in another couple of houses in the area up for sale that are being sold for a million and a half. So that whoever looks at, the, looks at your property thinks they're going to be getting a special bargain when really they're not. And your price is maybe even a higher price than would be expected. You could even write articles on Facebook and in other places and Instagram and, and advertise them around the, 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 in social media that there's plans to build a new shopping mall in the area, or a new co- or, or a new park, or any other thing that's going to attract people and probably cause an increase in the value of property, of real estate. These things too can be so easily done, and you even nowadays you get the phone number from the the company, from the 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 the, the, the site, and you don't even have to give your own phone number, and people would be phoning up and asking. And in that way, you could be, you'd be deceiving people into buying your property, thinking that the price is a special price, and that all sorts of things are going to be happening in the area which aren't going to be happening. That would be an Isur of Genevadat. That would apply to Jew or non-Jew, of course. And it's certainly Asur to do, whether you're doing it verbally by telling people, stories about how valuable your your land is or your property is or whether it's done by advertising different things on social media it's all going to be asur it's all included in the isur of Gnevat Dat Gnevat Dat is telling us to be an honest person Mike, don't... Um, Manipulate markets. Don't do things that are going to cause prices to rise in um, an unnatural way. Gnevatdat applies, like I said, either to a Jew or to a non-Jew, even though there may be other Isurim 
that wouldn't apply also to non-Jews, for example, the Isur of Onah. But every, every time there's an Isur of Onah, there's also going to be Gnevat Dat. And Gnevat Dat does apply to non-Jews as well as to Jews. The Be'er Agola in the Halachot of Gneva says uh, some very important points about this. When talking about the Isur to steal from a non-Jew, which of course the Shulchan Aruch says clearly is also whether it's whether it's from a Jew or a non-Jew, of course it's also to steal. There's no heter to steal from a non-Jew, but nevertheless. Where a non-Jew to, to make a mistake, you wouldn't have to correct him. You could correct him, and it would be a Kiddush Hashem if you did that. But if he's not going to find out about the mistake, and there wouldn't be a Chilul Hashem from that, you don't have an obligation to tell him. Says the Bera Gola. I've seen many, many people, he writes, who've come become rich, from mistakes that non-Jews made. And all those people lost all their money and died poor, leaving nothing for their children and their descendants after them. And on the other hand, he says, I've seen many people who did a Kiddush Hashem. They did a Kiddush Hashem and returned money to a non-Jew in a situation where that non-Jew would never have known. And those people, he says, I've seen them um, flourish, and I've seen them become very, very wealthy and leave a lot of money and a lot of bracha for their children and their families afterwards. We see honesty is such an important thing in all our business dealings, they say one of the best sgulot, we're all looking for sgulot today to become rich. One of the best sgulot is to have kosher money. All your money should be kosher. Pure money. Pure money is money with bracha. Pure money is money that, bezrat Hashem, you'll have a lot of success with and May we all, Bezat Hashem, be honest in all our business dealings and be known to be honest people. And then we'll have plenty of bracha in everything that we're doing. Thank you, everybody. Have a Shabbat Shalom. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at thesh.org to subscribe.